You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. I'm Phil, and on this week's episode, I have a special guest, Pastor Phil Jones. Uh, here, he's a, he's a leader here at New Life Fellowship, but I'll let him tell just a little bit about himself. So, Phil Jones, tell us a little bit about your who you are and your role here at New Life Fellowship. Okay, it's nice to be with you, Phil. I was born into the family of a pastor up in Michigan, and uh, so discipleship has been a part of my life almost from birth. Um, My wife's name is Pat, and yesterday we celebrated our 52nd wedding anniversary, which was a special thing, and we found out that we have tons of friends. Yeah. over a hundred people wished us well for our anniversary. Awesome. So it was a great day, even though we didn't get to do anything because mm-hmm. our vehicle was in the repair shop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my ministry experience um, was full-time for 43 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I served both as an assistant pastor in three churches, and then I pastored four or five churches full-time So those churches were in a variety of places from Grand Rapids, Michigan to Freeport, Illinois Mm -hmm. to White Cloud, Michigan, which is in the middle of nowhere. Um, My wife and I have four children and five grandchildren. And since we moved to Indiana, two great-grandchildren. So we came down here uh, mainly to be closer to family and more involved with family. So that has happened, and uh, then in September of 2019, uh, I was introduced to Pastor Jimmy Staten, and Jimmy was looking for someone to fit a particular role here at New Life, and the the friend that introduced us said he thought I was it, and I guess it turned out to be true. (laughs) Um, So I've been here at New Life for about a year and a half. Uh, My role is... uh, working with discipleship, uh, which basically means helping develop leaders here at New Life. Um, I guess Jimmy thought that my experience would lend itself to that, and I think it has worked Mm -hmm. out well. Um, It's different going back to being an assistant pastor, but it's one that I have done before, so it's been a, a real easy transition and I love working with Pastor Jimmy, and I love my role here at New Life. Awesome. Um, just a little fun fact, I've mentioned it multiple times probably on this podcast, but there are three Pastor Phil's here. I'm yeah. one, and uh, the youth pastor here is Phil Fisher, which he's been on, and now you're the, the last Phil, the oldest Phil. I'm the old Phil. Yeah, the old yes. Phil. Um, and to what you said about being the the, the, the discipleship pastor here, and uh, I have I myself have learned a lot from you, and um, you know most pastors that I know personally, you know have you know either been at their church for ever or just two churches, but you've given me a lot of insight what it's like to to go to multiple places and serve. And I think that's important, um, and I love being here at New Life. I love being able to share whatever I have learned, what my dad used to call the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think 
I think one of the reasons the Lord led me here was because there are so many younger people here at New Life mm -hmm. like yourself that I just feel if I can share my life experience and uh, do whatever I can to help you and Phil Fisher and other leaders here be more effective and then I can really extend the influence of my ministry for who knows how long. Yeah. Um, I think I've told you before that if I have five good years left in me, I'd love to pour them into people like you. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, uh, really the, the gist of what I do here. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll talk more about the way to do discipleship, but um, I think it's just pouring your life into somebody else's life seeking to build them up and develop them to be the most mm -hmm. effective servant of the Lord that they can be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're kind of dancing around it just a bit, but, um, you know, like you, we've talked about just briefly, you know, we are going to talk about discipleship, which I personally think is the most important thing really inside the church. Um, and it can also be one of the more neglected things, That's I right. think, in That's the right. church. But, you know, just to, to kind of start us off, you know, you hear the word discipleship, discipleship. Your church should be, have discipleship all the all this time. You know, what is discipleship, though? I think discipleship is the process of learning to live for the glory of God and to live in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you learn that in, in experience. Mm -hmm. It's not something you can read about in a book and magically you become all you should be. I think it's a mixture of things, um, and I think it can be defined, a lot of people can relate to this, it can be defined like an apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. um, I have a grandson who's graduating from high school this year, and he wants to, to get into welding. Well, the only way to do that is to become an mm -hmm. apprentice, um, where he would work with an experienced welder for a number of years and gradually assume more and more of the role um, it's done in in all walks of life yeah. um, for instance I used to serve a church in southern Michigan where we were close to Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti and in both of those larger cities there were major hospitals that were what are called teaching hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I would go visit a person, let's say at the University of Michigan Hospital. Sorry about that, all you Hoosiers. Um, <laughs> but anytime you saw a doctor walk into a room, there were from 10 to 15 young doctors in training following mm -hmm. him in. And he would deal with the patient. And then one by one, all of those students would have to do whatever he did, and then he would ask them, what did you feel, how do you think? Yeah. So that's basically the same thing as discipleship. It's um, learning from a more experienced person how to do what we would say ministry, mm -hmm. um, and to be more effective in ministry. So um, I just think that's basically what discipleship is, is me pouring my life into someone else's life to help them develop into the best servant of the Lord they can be. Mm -hmm. um, and there were people who did that in my life. I remember in high school, we had a, 
a Youth for Christ director. His name was Larry. Man, I spent hours and hours and hours with him. And it wasn't any kind of formal class. It was just talking about life and ministry and what God was doing in his life and what God may want to do with my life. Uh, my father also served that role in my life. Um, and then my first two churches were churches where I was an assistant pastor and both of those pastors poured into my life. Mm -hmm. I learned some things to do and I learned some things that I decided I didn't really want to do mm -hmm. um, because of you know certain factors in their lives. Mm -hmm. But still, people did that in my life and are still doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that, that the Lord has given me this opportunity to uh, serve him in that role here at New Life. So if you think of discipleship as kind of an apprentice mm -hmm. sort of thing, I think that helps people to understand more about what it is. Mm -hmm. Discipleship sounds kind of formal and <laughs> stuffy and all that. Um, but doing an apprenticeship, I think, kind of helps put it in yeah. a little different term. Yeah, me too. Um, I Before I was uh, the pastor, or associate pastor here, um, I worked in, in HVAC, heating and cooling. Um, and actually, the guy who, who trained me now uh, attends this church, but um, I, all his stories of him being like uh, being an apprentice and, and learning, and now he's teaching it to me, and 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 so on and so forth and you're so right you know it's in all walks of life that's what we do that's how we learn we learn from those who have have done it and now are teaching us to also do it yep i um, think that's a i think that's a good way to picture it mm -hmm. um maybe it doesn't seem so di as difficult to understand when we put it that way as well i think so yeah um and, and there are two roles role models in in the bible especially that we should think about one is jesus mm -hmm. um when he called his 12 disciples we know he said to them you know follow me but there's also a verse in mark three fourteen that says he called them to be with him mm -hmm. with him um, to just go along with him go where he went see the people he interacted with watch him interact with people of all kinds um, and then you know gradually he assigned them tasks to go out and do and then when they came back they had a feedback session mm -hmm. so you know that's a big part of discipleship not just listening and learning but doing and then interacting and um, that's one thing that I try to do here at New Life. For instance, when you preach or when Phil Fisher preaches on Wednesday night, almost every time we have a little chit chat, yep. mm -hmm. you know, how did I do? What can I do better? How can I improve? And I'm no authority on mm -hmm. preaching, but having done it for so long, mm -hmm. I think I can give some, I hope, helpful yeah. hints for sure. The way. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. And then uh, the Apostle Paul also had a team with him. Um, wherever he went, he had this group of 
men who went wherever he went, listened mm-hmm. to him preach, watched him interact, um, fell on their faces more than once. Uh, one of them actually, you know, totally turned his back and walked away for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Apostle Paul also had these men who, who traveled with him. Uh, some of them were like his equals, uh, especially Barnabas and, and Silas. But there were several who were apprentices, apprentices like John Mark and Timothy and Luke. Um, and they would not have become who they became without having spent mm-hmm. time with the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to what you were saying about, you know, not just staying under, you know, who's discipling you, who's, who's teaching you, and just only, you know, you know, soaking that in and never actually doing it. I remember, you know, there for probably about maybe the first year or so, maybe just maybe six months, you know, that's all I did. I was over over his shoulder watching every wire he's putting on, every screw he's putting in, but there was a moment where he pulls his bucket up and he sits down and he says, now it's your turn. Your turn. Yep. Um, and I think he, with that picture of Jesus sending out, you know, his disciples Absolutely. there is, is so true. But why do you think it's so important, Phil, that, that why do you think discipleship is so important in the church and maybe even outside of it? In the church, it's important because we want to see the ministry of the church continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just turned 73 years old. I've got way more life behind me than I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if I live as long as my dad, you know, I got about 10 years. So, you know, I want to see the church continue and to, to increase and be stronger. And the way for that to happen and my involvement in it is to help younger guys like you and Phil Fisher and all the other young leaders we have here at New Life to, to, to become all God wants you to be and to develop the skills that it takes to, to do ministry well. And I think Pastor Jimmy has done that with you and with Phil Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came, he told me, you're not gonna get very many chances <laughs> to preach. Because I got these two young guys. He didn't tell me then that their names were both Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, I've got these two young guys that when I'm gone on Sunday morning, Phil Marlowe preaches. And quite often, even if I'm there, Phil Fisher will preach on Wednesday Mm -hmm. night. And I knew that when I came in. But I'm also grateful that he said, if you get chances to go preach somewhere Mm -hmm. else, then feel free to do that. And uh, so far, I've, I think I've preached three times on Wednesday night in a year and a half. But I've also done uh, pulpit supply in other churches three different times. And it looks like there's going to be more of that coming up, especially with one particular church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew that coming in, and that's fine, because I, now I'm teaching one of the Sunday night Bible studies. So, you know, I'm content. Um, to just fit in and do whatever Pastor Jimmy wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And I have thoroughly enjoyed my relationship with him. And I think it's growing and growing. The better he gets to know me, the more mm-hmm. he can trust me to, mm-hmm. you know, do things and share with him in the ministry. So 
yeah, um, I think that's a, a big thing. Um, so yes, discipleship is really, really, really important because without it, the church can die in one generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and That's not a very pleasant thought. No, and you know, just to, to focus on a couple of the a couple of the points that you know you're just talking about in there is is you want to see you know when you're discipling the church and when you're mentoring you know young believers and and new believers and and all those things you want to see growth you don't want the church to get stagnant you know you don't want them just to sit there and do nothing you want to to pour into them so that they can pour into others and so on and so forth um, and you know because of your experience it's almost like you can see what is ahead for some of these, you know, pastors or, or believers. When I, when I say that, I mean things like, you know that the road gets bumpy, you know that there's going to be problems ahead, and, and your job as, a, as someone who disciples um, is to prepare, Yep. you know, to, to train. Um, and I think that's a big, big word to go along with discipleship, discipleship which is train. Um, and... You know, I think Paul and Timothy are the models of that. Yep. Um, as we've yep. already kind of talked about, um, yep. and even even when yeah, I don't quite remember the the passage, but I know it's in uh, I think First Corinthians. But um, Paul said, "Be imitators of me, because I'm an imitator of right. of Christ." Right. And and I think that is the model we have to to make sure where our life is is right, and we should be imitating Christ. So that others might also right. imitate. Christ. Yeah, I think the role model thing is mm -hmm. is really important. Um, I know it was for me. Mm -hmm. um, the second church where I was an assistant pastor was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and um, he was old enough to be almost old enough to be my grandpa. But um, we just had a great relationship, and there were many things about him that. I do today that I don't even know I'm doing them mm -hmm. because I spent almost two years with him yeah. Um, so yeah it's just that role modeling that consistency um, pouring your life into the life of other people uh, we have a, a, a young couple here um, at New Life that became Christians not too long before I came and I know that Phil Fisher is building into Larry's life. Um, and I think Larry and I have developed a good rapport. He's not to the point yet where he can take any leadership role, but he's getting there. Mm -hmm. And the more, the more we, all of us, pour into his life, the more he's going to be looked at to fill a certain role someday. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Paul did that with Timothy and Titus. In fact, three of the letters <laughs> he wrote in the New Testament were written to young pastors. Yeah. Timothy and Titus. Mm -hmm. Timoth or Timothy needed so much help, he wrote him two letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's just that matter of, of building into people's lives. And um, there, are, there are different ways to do that. Um, I guess there's two extremes. One is a very casual approach to where you just spend time with somebody 
and you you talk about things as they come up. Uh, I think a lot of Jesus' development of the 12 disciples was just that relationship thing. Uh, they watched him deal with people. Uh, they watched him interact with religious leaders that I call snobs. Um, they watched him deal with the down and out of society. Uh, they just watched him and then they listened to him. Um, he taught the Sermon on the Mount, for instance. They were sitting there on that hillside just like the rest of them, yeah. taking in every word he had to say. And, and both of those kinds of relationships, uh, the, the being with and the listening, work together to, to develop those 12 men in three years mm -hmm. into people that a few years later, uh, the people observed, these are the guys that turned the world upside down. Yeah. And they did it without a whole lot of formal training. Mm. So, you know, Jesus built into their lives largely on, a, on an interpersonal basis. Um, sometimes we see him with Peter, James, and John, just those three. Other times we see him with all 12 of them. Mm -hmm. And all different situations in life, they watched how he dealt with them. So that relationship-centered discipleship I think is something that that the church needs to do probably more of than it's doing right now and then the other would be the other um, opposite of the relationship centered and that would be a very formal kind of of discipleship where you say sit down shut up and listen to me talk and tell you all the wisdom that I have and how you should become this way mm -hmm. You know, as I well as I do, that's not the most effective way mm -hmm. to develop anybody, but it is part of it. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be that combination of the relationship and the more formal. Mm -hmm. um, my my personality is such that I tend toward the more the relationship oriented. Takes longer, mm -hmm. but it it is more personal. I think. Mm -hmm. and more effective at yeah. least it has been in my life um you know we just talked about it just just a minute but um why do you think why do you think churches or individual believers find it so difficult to jump in that discipleship role or to set things up for discipleship or those types of things. To be the mentor? Yeah. I think a lot of us have not been mentored, mm -hmm. so we don't know how to do it. Okay. Um, and some, some of it's just a very personality-oriented thing. Um, I'm a real casual kind of person. I, I think my strengths are person-to-person, -person. Um, although I think I'm halfway decent communicator in a large setting I still think my strength is you and me together mm -hmm. you know talking about things but even those casual conversations have a goal and that's for Phil Jones to help Phil Marlowe mm -hmm. become more effective and I know that's Pastor Jimmy Staten's approach mm -hmm. is to just 
pour his life into you and Phil Fisher, and now I have an opportunity to get in on all that good mm -hmm. stuff. But we want to see you and Phil Fisher be all God wants you to be, mm -hmm. and it takes time. Yeah, it's and not I, a it's not a quick thing. Yeah, and I think that's that's sort of what I was looking looking at is is it's it's a commitment. You know, it's not something that you do for a day, and it's like I got my disciple shipping you know I, I mentored somebody for the day i'm yeah. good for the next couple of years type deal you know mm -hmm. if you just look at you know our role model which is jesus and then the 12 disciples and that's a whole three-year period and, and even in that three-year period at the end you had peter who denied him you know they weren't quite even ready then thomas um, they said, still had hey, a lot of work. are you really who we yeah. think you are yeah exactly you know? um in fact every time he talked about his death burial and resurrection they all plugged their ears because they didn't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when he did die, they all took off. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, they said, hey, we're going back to fishing. Yeah. So, you know, how effective was Jesus? Maybe at that moment it was like, ooh, what did he do for three years? Mm -hmm. But in a few short days from then, you have Peter standing up on the day of Pentecost and yeah. preaching fearlessly in people by the thousands coming yeah. to Christ. And I think that's that's the key with a lot of this is knowing the knowing the importance of discipleship and knowing that it's not going to just take a day. You know, someone right. who's a new believer, it's like there's many Christians who just want them to boom, get everything right. They should be scholars in the word they should know everything you know and, and that's a lot of i mean we won't say those things obviously but a lot of the time that's how we view it oh i can't believe this believer who's always who's only been a believer for six months is thinking this way or thinking yeah. that way when when no one's ever poured any time into them right so that they you and know, why so, aren't they more mature well yeah. maybe we haven't put any time into it yeah you know um and then i think those of us who are in leadership we have to be careful that we don't project this image of uh, I've got it all together. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a professor in Bible college who graduated from Dallas Seminary and at the top of his class and all that stuff. And one day he walked into class and he said, you want me to tell you the most important thing I learned in four years in Dallas Seminary? And we're all ready to write down all this immense amount of wisdom you know and he said the most important thing I learned in four years in Dallas Seminary is I don't know nothing mm -hmm. and that's the way he taught and that's the way he lived it was like hey you guys are younger than me but hey let's learn this together and I think that's a key we don't want to put ourselves up as as you know the the perfect example of a Christian or the perfect example of a teacher or the perfect example of a preacher, we're still learning. Mm -hmm. At least we should be. Because yeah. if we're not learning, we might as well go to heaven. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, I always like to be as practical as I can when we talk about anything, when we talk about yep. youth. Or, Absolutely. Um, you know, um, so it's great to talk about the importance. That's the first step. You really, if you if you want to get into discipleship, you know, you're a, an, old, an older leader in your church, you want to pour into younger leaders, um, you know, you've got to really understand why um, you're going to do what you do first. But then the practical sense, you know, how how can we kind of 
get, guess get started in that role or or even you can even we can even talk about the flip side how how can we be ready to learn um and then but most important you know how can a an older leader pour into a younger leader um yeah i think that's the the paul and timothy thing mm-hmm. um when I first came here to New Life, uh, Pastor Jimmy and I looked into a couple things. We settled on a, a program called Ministry Grid, and we followed that throughout 2020. Even though we got rudely interrupted by the coronavirus, mm-hmm. we still persisted in you know, giving people assignments, and then they would finish a particular section, and then we'd move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing we tried to do here, and I think it was effective. Not everybody rose to the level that we had hoped they would, but that's human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it is. Um, now, this year we decided to not do Ministry Grid again because of the expense. And so now it's, it's fallen to me to develop some written materials, which I try to do and make it very practical. Um, And then I also spend a fair amount of time looking for stuff on the internet that I can share with you and other people in leadership. Um, And then I'm also just trying to be more purposeful in conversations. Um, Sunday we went to lunch with some folks from church and I try to Look for ways to, you know, it's not I'll sit down and I'll tell you all my world, my words yeah. of wisdom, but how can I help this person, even through this conversation over pizza, mm-hmm. how can I use this to help them? And I think that's that's kind of where we're at today is, um, it might look like it's a little helter-skelter, but there is a... There is a plan to the helter skelter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not all formal, but there's still that training being done. Um, almost every day, I will send mm-hmm. at least one or two things that I find somewhere on the internet that I think can be helpful to you and to the youth leaders and to the children's workers and the music people mm-hmm. that will help them be more effective. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, And no people are discipled the same way. Mm -hmm. There's no cookie cutters in this business of Christian development. Um, If there were cookie cutters, mine would have got tossed out a long time ago. (laughs) Um, Because when I finished high school, I didn't really know what the inside of a book was for. Um, I went to a very small Bible Institute up in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, and uh, the the teachers there were more concerned with our relationship with Christ than with what kind of grades we got. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect place for me because over the course of three years, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the Lord. Uh, the Lord used those people to challenge my thinking and challenge my spiritual development. And that's really where my 43 years in full-time ministry 
had their start was in that very small rural setting with some teachers who were more concerned about our heart than our head. There is, there is book learning, mm -hmm. but if it doesn't work its way down to your heart and your relationship with people, then what good is it? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of times for, for people who are, who are feeling either called or, or whatever it might be to, to pour into to others, um, whatever age or no matter what, but, uh, you know, we're always looking for that formal setting. What, what big thing can I do to, to get this kicked off? What, what, you know, what seminar, what, what conference, what, you know, what Bible study, all these things. And no, no don't get me wrong. Well, there there's, ro things. there's room for all those things. Absolutely. And if your church feels like that's what they need to do, then I think you should do that type of stuff. But like you said, the personal side of things. If you if you feel like you're being called or led or or feel like you know um, you just haven't done that, um, I think the key is just to start pouring yourself into others. Yep. You know you don't have to wait for the the okay or the go ahead or, or whatever because you know we're already called to do it anyways. It's already been commanded. You know and, and probably one of the more famous <laughs> verses in the Bible, Matthew twenty eight. You know, we're to go and make disciples of all nations. You know, it's not something that, that you wait for the perfect timing. You know, if you're part of a church, you have a whole church full of people right. to learn from right. and to pour into. Right. Um, and it's all for the, the glory of God. It's all for the, the sake of the gospel. All those things that we know. The increase of the kingdom. Yeah. Yep. All those things. And I think, you know, it's like, well, how, where do I get the material? How do I... How do I, you know, get enough people to help me? All these things. And like I said, all those things are good things to think about. But the first place to go is the Word of God. Right. And, and I know you know that, Phil, because we've talked about it. Right. You know, um, the best place to get discipled so you can disciple others is the Word of God. Um, it's the by far the best thing that anyone could ever Jesus said, from. sanctify them through the truth. Mm -hmm. Your word is truth. Yes. Sanctify means that process of growing up in the faith so that you become more and more like Christ. How does that happen? Through the word of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is the the person to person, but the most important is God to the person. Yes. Um, and I think that's what Paul said in, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 2. You know, you be strengthened in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me Paul in the presence of many witnesses that would be the other people that were traveling with Paul and Timothy and then the larger crowds whatever you have heard from me you then entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others mm -hmm. so it's not a matter of just one-to-one -one. But the goal is for me to work with you, for instance, so that in the future you can touch way more people than I ever could. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the one person, it's all of us together reaching out to other people and helping them to become what God wants them to be. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's really important to keep mm -hmm. that in mind. And that's really 
one of the reasons I think God led me and Pat to new life. Because mm-hmm. um, to be honest with you, I've never been in a church where there's so many young leaders who wanted to serve the Lord and to be more and more effective in serving the Lord. And I'm just thrilled to be able to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like like we've been referencing Paul and Timothy, Paul and Timothy, um, and you know, like you mentioned in in, in Second Timothy two, you know, one through two, and um, but also Second Timothy th- three sixteen and seventeen, which he says all scriptures God read. You know, even Paul was telling Timothy the importance of the scriptures, the importance. Get your nose in the book. Yeah. Yep. So that you can train, so that you can know how to correct and, and all these different things that the Word of God does. Absolutely. Um, so that we'll be trained up, so we'll be ready. Um, and I think, I guess, you know, just to kind of wrap this all up, um, Phil, you know, do you have any final thoughts for about discipleship? My thought would be if you have been a Christian for any period of time, and I'm not going to put a number of years on it Mm because everybody's different. But if you have been a Christian for a period of time, you need to be looking for somebody that you can begin to pour your life into Mm -hmm. so that they can become more mature, so they can assume a place of ministry, so they can, in turn, take somebody else under their wing and help them become Mm -hmm all God wants them to be. Uh, that's the only way we're ever going to get the, the ministry done, mm-hmm. um, is to, to build into the lives of other people. And so if you're listening and you've been a Christian for any amount of time, who are you working with? Who are you trying to develop to be more effective in, in their ministry? Um, just looking back, Phil, I think of one guy in my last church who when he first came to our church, he was very quiet, very shy, Mm -hmm. uh, rather introverted, but he loved the Lord. And um, over the period of the 14 and a half years I was in that church, I think he came maybe year two. um, I watched him develop. I watched him uh, agree to becoming an assistant Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. to high school students. Um, and then we needed somebody to, to do a college and career age class. And he said, I'll do it. And I almost fainted. <laughs> um, and then we asked him to, to be on the church board and he agreed. Still very quiet, almost shy. Um, but then a few years later, um, he became the chairman of the church board. And um, today, I understand, since I've been gone for two and a half years, now he's teaching the adults in Sunday school. And wow. it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to think that I had some part in teaching him and seeing him develop and and but God was at work in his life at the same time. But man, he had just blossomed. Mm-hmm. He's still quiet. He's not a big upfront person. Mm-hmm. But God is using him. And to me, that's the most gratifying thing in the ministry. I'm not into numbers. 
I want to see lives changed. Mm. And mm. that's that's one illustration of many I could give you of how this thing works. Um, so yes, build into the life of somebody. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's one of your own kids. Maybe it's a young person in your church. Um, but find somebody to disciple, take them on as an apprentice, mm -hmm. help them learn to do things and then to do with them on their own. That's the way we're going to get this done. Yeah, exactly. And all I'd like to say along with, with all that is an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. So our weekly verse this week is 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And again, I'd like to say this is a podcast brought to, to you by New Life Ministries. If you'd like to give, you can give at newlifeministries-indiana.com. And that concludes our episode for this week. Again, thank you, Pastor Phil, for, for being on here and talking about discipleship and, and also sharing your heart when it comes to d discipleship as well. Thank you, Pastor Phil, yeah. for having me on. <laughs> um, if you would like to leave a comment or a request for an episode, you can email us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Kingdom.